Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I'm your husband and GM, Zach. And I'm your wife and player, Diana. And this is Series 1, Episode 46 of the Segaranza Campaign. How are you, my darling? I am sick. Oh, no. Children got me sick. Oh. They are plaguelings. They are not the future. <laughs> they bring the plague. They are also the future. But they are the plague. They are the, the, the one of the four horsemen that bring the plague. Pestilence? They're pestilence. All children all over the entire globe are the one horseman pestilence. Okay, I can tell that you are feeling some kind of way right now. That's fine. <laughs> you are allowed to be in your feelings. They just keep getting me sick. I am generally a healthy person, but these children keep getting me sick. Do you need cold medicine? Maybe. <laughs> How's this episode going to go? It's going to go great. Is it? Yeah, it's going to be fine. Okay. Last time we left off, Sal managed to enter into the cemetery alongside Abavin and two rebel guard. Yeah. Who at this point probably deserve names. No. Okay. They don't do anything. That's kind of true. And as she was making her way into uh, the cemetery to the tower of Everistu. Nope. nope. Not Everistu. Averius. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of names. I'm good at them. As Sam was making her way to the tower of Averius, she came across two frightening-looking gnolls, the older of which introduced himself as Ib Jamad, along with his student, Galaki. And Ib Jamad offered to take Sal to Root, the head of the Gravediggers Guild, um, which is a bit of a misnomer because they do all the things in the cemetery, and gravedigging is actually the least of their duties. But she's an important lady. Yes. And I gotta go meet her. And Ibjamad said that there were many people in the cemetery, which is what convinced Sal to go with him. Yes, because I had originally just asked him to bring her to me. Mm-hmm. But with all of those refugees, I can hopefully recruit some of them to fight for us. So uh, that's where we left off. You forgot a very important detail. What did I leave out? Eb mentioned some really creepy things about how the dead mother said I'd be coming. That's true. And that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. Yeah. That's a thing that he said to me. That is a thing that he said to you. Yeah. I'm not going to address that thing that he said to me because I'm in the middle of a war zone. Mm -hmm. I ain't got time for mystical stuff. Okay. (laughs) It's mystical. I ain't got time for it. Fair. As you guys are walking through the cemetery uh, with uh, Ibjamad and Galaki leading the way, Abavin trots up to your side and like taps your your leg your thigh to, like, I bet, get your attention i bend down to him because it's really important to meet children like eye to eye you don't want to ever talk down to a child they've been like 14 15 yeah i thought we established but i still want to make sure that my eyes are meeting his eyes at the, his level actually no because how old is sound sounds like 18 19 right sounds very young isn't I she think she's like 19 yeah i think did we establish that abavin was 14 or yeah. like 12 i think he was younger he was younger because he's a kid yeah not a 14-year-old's a teenager, yeah, like well, very solidly a teenager. Yeah. In any case, he, he gets your attention, um, and he goes, uh, Jamiri told me not to talk to Munrams if I saw Munram, and I don't know if we should do this. Okay. If we should go with them. Okay. I respect that. Why don't we do this? And I pause the group. I tell the group to all stop, and I say, I'm not sure how long it will take me to convince Root 
to join forces with us, why don't you, Abavin, and the two Rebel Guard go to our original meeting spot and wait there for the others that we've told to come? Uh, the two Rebel Guards kind of like stand up straight and they like nod because that's the plan and they're they're cool with just sticking to the plan. Abavin looks to you and then looks to the Rebel Guard and then looks back to and then looks to Ibjamad, mm-hmm. who's kind of stopped with Galaki ahead, and they're just kind of like looking, um, their heads cocked in that very like canine way. Yeah, I look at Abavin and I go, I need you to be there and organizing people and leading people until I can get there. You know that I'll come back, but I need somebody I trust with the weapons and with these rebel guards. I trust you. Why don't you roll... Is this a order your follower thing, or is this a parlay thing? I think it's more of a parlay. I think Abavin is... I'm trying to think if he, like, voices these concerns, or if he's even, like, capable of voicing these concerns. Because basically, right now, you, the person who once saved him, are going with people his mom told him not to talk to. Right. And... Now you're telling him to go with the city guard who are dressed like rebel guard and for all intents and purposes in Abavin's mind are essentially the same. So he is kind of, I think he is very much stuck between a rock and a hard place yeah. in terms of who to trust. He knows he trusts you, but he is worried that you are, do- he's, he's more worried that you are doing, that you're making a mistake. Yeah. I don't want to leave this kid, but I also don't want him to have to be surrounded by people he doesn't trust. Yeah. I rolled a five plus two is a seven. They need concrete assurance of your promise right now. Yeah. I give him a weapon. Oh. I wasn't going to. I give him a dagger. Do you have a dagger? We have all the weapons. Uh, yeah, I guess. Well, you don't have all the weapons, but you, you I have, brought a we, bundle, right? We we brought the big weapons, and we have a majority of the weapons. That really? Is, that is well established. That's why we were going straight to the cemetery. Mm. We had the majority of the weapons so that we could start giving them out when people came. Oh, I would have made things harder for you if I'd remembered that last mm-hmm. week. <laughs> we had majority of the weapons. Sorry, bud. Okay. Well, well right. established. Can we recall that, too, that you have plenty of weapons? No. We have a majority of the weapons. That was the deal. We came into the city with two carts. We have already given out probably like half of the weapons to the people that we've met up with in the different groups. Okay. In any case, a a dagger for Abavin is fine, no matter what. Yeah, I give him a dagger. You like dig through the rebel guards like bundle. Mm -hmm. And uh, I look pointedly at him and I say, you are in charge. My orders are to go to the tower and wait for other people to get there but you are in charge and i'm looking pointedly at the rebel guard so that they can kind of like hopefully get my drift he's like a 12 year old kid he's scared like one of the rebel guard looks like he's very into it the other rolls his eyes um but they're going to go along with it okay avivin nods and he looks back at the uh at the two knolls and then back to you and goes okay i'll see you there soon Absolutely. And uh, he turns and he like waves for the rebel guard <laughs> to like follow him yep. as they uh, head back towards the Tower of uh, Averius. With the weapons. With the re- weapons, yeah. yes. So, I have I have the crossbow. And the I, have a, I have a bow and arrow. I don't have a crossbow. I have my yep. rapier and a bow and arrow. But 
they have the rest of them. Okay. You continue along the way. Um, is there anything, like, we've established that the cemetery is huge, right? It's like, yes. yeah. like Central Park big. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are, are walking through, and you guys are walking deeper into the cemetery. I mm-hmm. think, like, the Tower of Averius is sort of central in the cemetery, but maybe, like, south central. Okay. And you guys are going north. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to do as you guys are walking, as the three of you are walking? I think I ask Eve to tell me about Root. Eve smiles that like jackal smile that he has a lot, mm-hmm. and he says, "Um, Root is a very powerful woman. She is very mm, headstrong, but kind. She has been good to us in the cemetery, and I would trust her judgment." What can I expect when we get to Root? There are many people with Root right now. Um, many people from Corpstown who are seeking uh, a place to wait out the violence. And others who are coiling up for it. And I think we walk in silence for a little while. Okay. I think Ebe looks at your neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you have the port wine stain. Yeah. And that's on your right side, right? Mm-hmm. So you pretty much like exposed that to him when you did your the, the like the null like the null handshake, basically. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, I'm not really hiding it. People know who I am now. Yeah. So. I think you catch him looking at it, and he goes, "Uh, that is a family trait." Yes. Yes, it is. He nods and he smiles a little bit, and he keeps walking. Have you ever seen one before? Knolls come in all spots and stripes. We have many colorations and many features. Are you, Zachary, telling me that I'm half knoll or something? That Mm. I have knoll blood in me? No. Okay. (laughs) He goes, uh, take a look at me. I have a thin nose and gold fur and black tipped ears. Uh, because my mother had a thin nose and gold fur and black tipped ears. Gilika has round ears and black stripes on her eyes. We inherit many things from the people before us. That's true. We do. We do inherit many things from the people before us. Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting. He smiles. It, is there something else that you inherited or that maybe I inherited He says uh, that you would like to discuss? <laughs> he says, I've inherited many things. My mother and her mother before her and her mother before her, all the way back to when the dead mother still roamed the steppe. I know things and I see things and I remember things from way back then. Like what? She's really freaked out by this. He does that like high pitched jackal laugh. Oh god, That's terrifying. And he goes, um, Consisao Cortez. Maybe one day you will remember things as well. Okay. Maybe I will. Tell me about the dead mother. You've mentioned her a few times now. Ibjamad turns to Galika, and Galika kind of recites as if this is something that she had practiced. She goes, um, Ashlun Hamashir is the dead mother, the mother who existed long before us, who wandered the plains with her belly full and gave birth to us and now she is dead and gone her bones 
bare and dry, her flesh eaten by those who would be sustained by her. Sam was clearly taken aback by that, because that was quite graphic. Mm-hmm. Not really was something she was expecting. How, how did she die? Because I said, I had said at the end of the last episode that she wasn't putting together the dead mother and her dreams, but she's since done so. She has put them together. Okay. Uh, Ibjamad says uh, she was killed by her sister. By her sister? He nods. Who was her sister? Ak Lun Marir. How did she kill her? She killed her because someone stole the only thing that could protect her. Like a charm? Or like a like a weapon? A weapon. A great weapon. Oh. But enough of this talk of... Uh, these are things that you will come to remember in time. These are things for another time when we are not... When we have bigger concerns than that of the city. I think you might be right. And in the distance you can hear, uh, like... Uh, loud clanging and loud talking the noises of many people mm-hmm. as you guys turn a corner around a uh, a crematorium you find yourself in a makeshift shanty town in between uh in between moratoriums and this like this medium-sized tower of silence there are tents raised and people wandering about uh, of all kinds, gnolls, formians, humans, all kinds of different people, mm-hmm. and even quite a few who are decked in armor and who look like professional soldiers, including some, like the odd person with uh, a guild badge, uh, all kinds of different guilds. Um, okay. The Rugmakers Guild, like uh, Zofia's, mm-hmm. the Potter's Guild, um, all, all kinds of different, like uh, the re- the odd soldier. Yeah. Uh, but it's mostly people in civilian clothes, mm-hmm. uh, kind of wandering to and fro in these makeshift tents raised up in between the the things. Mm-hmm. And Ibjamad uh, raises his nose and takes like a few like deep sniffs, and then he turns to you and goes, "Root is this way," and he starts making his way through the crowd. Okay, I don't think I say anything. I think I just kind of follow. Uh, yeah, you guys make your ways your way through the crowd. And eventually you get to uh, a kind of tall tent where there are some people standing around a... War table? Yes, but the war table is a... What's it called when it's a like a big stone casket that's above ground? I don't know. Big stone casket that's above ground? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you I ever do. seen those? Like, yeah. They're like... I've been on pilgrimages. Yes. I know um, what you're talking about. So there's, like, a big stone casket that's above ground. Yeah. There's a name for that, but I don't <laughs> know what it is. It's got a headstone at the top. Um, and there's some people gathered around it, and they are, uh, they're, they're talking. And you hear Ibjamad go, Root, I have someone here to see you. And uh, this older, ruggedly handsome woman uh, looks up with, uh, she's got like short cropped white hair. Mm-hmm. She's a little older. She is kind of severe looking, which I think I use to describe a lot of people in this game. To be fair though, the world that they live in would make them look severe. Mm-hmm. She's wearing those, uh, like the big leather, like overalls that, uh, that the other grave diggers you encountered were wearing mm-hmm. and like big, uh, gloves. 
And she looks up and she goes, Jamad, what are you doing? And he goes, I've brought you Consasau Cortez. And uh, she goes, oh. And uh, I think the rest of the table turns around to look at you. It's it's a mix of different humanoids, mm-hmm. different species. Mm-hmm. Uh, an orc, a human, a couple humans. No gnolls at the table. Actually, scratch that. Yeah, there are gnolls at the table, but not ones that you recognize. Okay. I look at Root, and I'm speaking directly to Root. And I go, I know that I'm an outsider in to Corpse Town and especially into the cemetery, but I have weapons, and I have people who are scouting the rest of Corpstown to see if there's anybody willing to fight or anybody who needs a safe place. They're going to bring them back here to the cemetery because that is the safest place we could think of to house any people. And then we are going to take anybody who's willing to fight, and we are going to fight for Corpstown. When I came into the cemetery, I heard you were the person I needed to speak to. She nods, and she goes, great, so you did half our job for us. Bring us the weapons, and we'll take it from here, Consasau. No, you can bring your warriors and any weapons that you have and meet us at the Tower of Averius, seeing as they are my weapons, and I don't know you. And my name is clearly one you've heard. I've never heard yours. Which is fine, but I'm not bringing you my weapons. I think she's, like, very nervous, so she just keeps, like, talking. Root looks to you, and then she looks at some of the other people at the table, and she says, uh, Consasau? I'm, uh, don't have a last name for her. She doesn't need one. She's Madonna. Because I am Root, and she's what? Madonna doesn't have a last name. She, Root has a last name. She's not, she doesn't have a mononym. She goes, I'm Root. I am the leader of the Gravediggers Guild, the most important guild in Corpstown. Really the only guild in Corpstown. I'm the only one with political say and sway in this city. She points to a couple people around the table and she goes, she goes like, this is Bernardo of the, uh, of the Potter's Guild. He's the head of security there. We have Diego of the, um, of the Rugmakers Guild. We have Savannah of the, um, give me another trade. I don't know, leather worker, blacksmith. Uh, yeah, let's go of the Leather Guild. This is our job, is to protect the people of the city. Wonderful, you can join me while we do that. Who did I say was of the Rugmakers Guild? Bernardo, Diego, and Savannah. Diego looks very familiar to you. I look at Diego and I go, how do I know you? He goes, because I put handcuffs on you about 38 hours ago. Wonderful. I'm super not bringing my weapons to you. You can bring your weapons to us. <laughs> he goes, he, he like puts up his hands and he goes, listen, Arlindu was doing what Sebastian ordered him to do. We thought it was the best way to fix the problem. I, I hold no grudge against you. I didn't even recognize you. That's how much of an impact you made to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Listen, I am here. Because a lot of this is my fault, and I want to fix it before I leave. I have weapons. I have people. But I don't have those things with me at this moment, and I will not sign people up to join your ranks when I don't know what your ranks are. I'm sorry, no. You can come to us, and we can all come to an agreement. But at this very moment, I'm here by myself, as you can see. I'm not going to make it a, de- a decision that affects 
countless other people. They need to make those decisions for themselves. You can join us. Uh, Diego goes, um, where's Sophia? I'll let her tell you when she gets here. She's on her way? Don't you worry about it. Well, last time I saw Sophia, she was running away with you after you headbutted her in the face. So, just wondering if she's okay. She's alive. Okay. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> I think you're talking to me in a threatening manner. Root, like, puts her hands up. Root, like, puts her hand up and she goes, Okay, alright. We have a lot of very impassioned people here right now who only want what is best for the city. Yes. She turns to you and she goes, Sal, I'm telling you that putting the weapon, the best thing that you can do with your supplies and your weapons is to give them to the people who know how to use them. I don't disagree with you. I'm just not going to give them to you right now. I don't know you. I, I don't know anything about you. How do I know you're not working for Messiah? Just because you're here talking a good game doesn't mean you're not working for Messiah. I don't know you. I would love to work with you, though. You clearly have a better operation than I have going on right now. That doesn't mean that we couldn't make some damage on our own. But I, it is better to work smarter, not harder. And I would prefer to join rings. I'm just not prepared to do that at this moment. Uh, she turns to the, uh, the security, like the guild security mm-hmm. heads, and basically is like, what do you think? And they kind of confer for a little bit. I want you to find danger plus charisma. I don't think this is a parlay. I think this is defying danger. <laughs> charisma is my secret good stat. Because I'm right. such a butthead. No one likes talking to me. <laughs> but my charisma is so good. I rolled an 8 plus 2 is a 10. <laughs> I told you it's a good stat. Uh, okay, so so what is it that you... Sorry. Can I, you... Do, I do what I set out to do. The threat doesn't come to bear. Yeah. So what is it that you... I get them, the higher-ups, to mm-hmm. agree to at least meet with us at our base camp. Okay. Because I'm not saying that they have to all come to us, but, like, I don't know you, and yeah. I'm not going to make a decision for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Diego goes, um, Arlindu always thought it was going to come to this anyway. He didn't want to cave, which is why there's quite a few of us here already. Also, this... Sorry, out of character... Never mind. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. Um, <laughs> that sounds suspicious. Uh, Diego goes, uh, we're here because we want to put an end to Messiah. We will put out word to the rest of the guild uh, security that you are organizing a an assault, a, a fight, a response. Uh, where where are, Where's your group meeting? We're meeting at the Tower of Averius. Okay, he nods. And uh, Root says, uh, don't you think that's a little uh, noticeable for a, for a home base? We literally needed a place where everyone could find us within... not every, All of the groups that we sent out don't have a knoll, so we needed something that they could all find. Not everybody's from Corpstown. If you have a better space for us to go, that would be great. We can all come back here once my group agrees to work with you but i'm not making a decision for my group i have already made enough solo decisions that a fucking war started (laughs) so i'm not going to make this decision for them i'm not going to murder anyone for them uh root says 
No, we have civilians and citizens and wounded here. I don't think combining the two groups is the wisest decisions. So, very well. We will send those who are willing to join the fight to the Tower of Averius. Thank you. Might want to bring any weapons they have, just in case he's... I was thinking they would just show up naked. Also appropriate. Mm. I'm giving her the stink eye. She's giving you the stink eye. (laughs) I wanted to like Groot, but she was mean to me. She was authoritarian, and I don't deal with that very well. (laughs) I was going to say, I don't think Groot was particularly (laughs) mean. She was just authoritarian, and I don't handle that well. I think it laughs. Is there anything else that you want to do here? I think we need to come to an agreement if if our scouts come back with wounded or people who don't want to fight, mm-hmm. that it's okay for those people to join this camp. We okay. just, Root and I come to some sort of agreement about that. Yeah, Root agrees. She says, uh, she goes, absolutely. We have some medical uh, assistance here. Uh, Ibjamad and his uh, clan have been vital in making sure that wounded get the care they need. So... Of course, if you need any uh, sanctuary, we will be here. I don't know how much longer. My guild does not have a security team. They are not made for fighting. They are made for tending to this garden. I don't know how much longer we will be able to hold people back from the walls. So if you were going to do something, it would probably be better sooner rather than later. That's the plan. Actually, come to think of it, did you bring food or water or medicine from the outside? We brought weapons. <laughs> I was very clear. Weapons. Yes. Fair enough. Then we have a plan. Yes. Thank you for your help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're still giving each other this thing, guy. <laughs> and I kind of like, I'm still staring at her, but I kind of say to Eve, can you bring me, can you take me back now? Eve nods, and uh, he goes to lead you out of uh, the the shanty town. I trust her to be able to send whatever people she's going to send, but mm-hmm. I need to get back. Yeah. We walk in silence. I'm not talking to him. Mm-hmm. As you guys are making your way out of Root's camp, you see a group of three or th- three people rushing, like rushing towards the camp. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that two of them are carrying the one in the middle. Okay. And Ib not like stops and like lifts his head and like sniffs towards them. Mm-hmm. And he just goes blood. And uh, they like these three people are like rushing towards the camp. Okay. Carrying the one in the middle. Do I recognize any of them? Do you want me to roll discern realities? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think as they get closer, if you're like keeping an eye on them, yeah. As you get closer, you realize that the uh, the like one is a uh, is dressed in the cemetery guild stuff. Uh, the one on the other side is a dressed in city garb mm-hmm. guard uniform, mm-hmm. and the one in the middle is a knoll, and they are carrying this knoll. Right. The question I asked wasn't how they were dressed or what they were. The question was, do I recognize any of them? Mm, at this distance, no. So then I just keep watching them until they get into <laughs> camp, and then I go on my way. Okay. Yeah, as they get closer. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're sorry. painting a beautiful picture. No, I like the beautiful picture. No, your uh, pacing is bad. As they get closer, you realize that it is Pat, 
is the rebel is the city guard. Ah. And Omin in the middle, uh, with blood trailing behind him. Oh, good. I don't wait. I run. I run to them. Okay. No, I don't. No, I don't stop them from getting into help. I run beside Pat. I'm like frenzied now. Okay. Pat sees you, and I think she like raises a hand, like, "What? Just what? What happened? What's going on? What happened?" She goes, "Uh, we separated, and then I saw him get. Uh, he got too close, and he goes, um, <laughs> Omen like croaks up. He goes, some." asshole hit me with a fireball uh and he just has like he has like um a bad burn like along his leg and Mm -hmm. um like it's trailing blood he's like i was just pat goes i was just able to get him out of there before the archer showed up and uh omen like growls and uh they're like they're bringing him into the uh the shanty town. Did they follow you, Pat? She goes, not that I could tell. I'm pretty sure we lost them. Okay. Omen goes, what are you doing here, Sal? I told you to come to the cemetery. I told... No, I thought they left before. They did. I, but I I told Mom Omen, I told your mom to tell you to come to the cemetery. He goes, we didn't go back. We just kept running until we came across this guy. And he jerks his head to uh, the uh, cemetery, the grave digger. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't matter how I'm here. Get yourself patched up. Rest. And then that's it. I leave it at that. Because I know if I say anything else, he's going to try to jo- join the fight. And mm-hmm. I don't say anything. He goes, uh, where's Where's everyone else? Where is everybody? What What are you doing here? They're making their way here. Rest. He goes, Get better. making their way here? I stop answering his questions. And I look to Pat and I go, did you find Evaristo? This was many rolls ago. This was many weeks ago that you made these rolls. I can roll so again. I'm trying to remember. I can roll again. Because I'm pretty sure you got mixed results on both. I don't think you failed either. I don't you think You got so. mixed results. Mm-hmm. Omen says, I saw him. Wait, did Omen know him? I would have described what they were looking for. Yeah. No, okay, yeah, Pat saw him. Okay. Pat says, Pat says I saw him. He's uh, handcuffed with the city guard, and he's not looking great, but he's alive. Okay. Can the medics be looking at Omen now? Uh, I think when you guys get up to Ib and Gulaki, mm-hmm. um, Ib like stops the um, stops the grave digger mm-hmm. and says, "Put him down." And when uh, Omin sees uh, Ib Jamad, mm-hmm. his eyes kind of go wide and he goes, "No, no, 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 no! Take me somewhere else." And Ib like holds up a paw like in like a to stop him, mm-hmm. and Omin goes like turns to you and he goes what are you doing with the Munram? listen listen let him fix you uh let him heal you and uh if jamad like smiles wide and he turns to galaki and he goes do you know what to do and uh galaki nods and she goes over to um omen and like looks him over and pat is like looking at you and i think the gravedigger is kind of like stepped away pat is still holding up omen and Gilaki is coming over to, like, sniff at his leg. Mm-hmm. And Pat turns to you and she goes, what should I do? I move in front of both Omen and Pat. And I grab Omen's face and I kind of, like, turn him towards Pat, which is away from his leg, right? Okay. And I, like, not, I don't turn him towards Pat, but I, like, kind of turn his face towards me. Slash in the direction of Pat, away from the wound. And I go, let them fix you. 
don't fight it. I'm like yelling at him about it. This is not a cute moment. Just okay. yelling at him. Let them fix you. Yeah, don't he, fight it. He's kind of he like kind of like snarls a little bit. He's got like and I think his like jowls are pushed up awkwardly as yeah. you have your hands on either side of his face. And Galaki says, "Set him down." And so Pat does. And are you still like holding on to? Yeah, I've like bent down now with him holding his face. Let them fix you. Galaki goes into her satchel and she gets out this little vial of this white powder and another vial of this, uh, like, like the one is like pure white, like ivory. Mm -hmm. The other is like this dark gray, like ash. Mm -hmm. And she gets out a bowl that looks like it's made out of bone. She pours them together, takes some of Omen, like, uh, pulls three fingers through a pool of omen's blood and like puts it in the bowl as well as like this little vial of some clear bubbly liquid Mm -hmm. and pours it in and she mixes them together and then sets it on omen's wound Mm -hmm. on like the burn does he react he snarls and like hisses really loudly i'm gonna pull a counselor move in a second but okay what is what is omen's health currently at on your um thing his hp is max at six his hp is max at six yeah he's okay. he's got full hp okay based on what you had before right. he showed up yeah uh roll one d6 three okay he hisses and snarls a little bit and you can smell like this bubbling sound mm-hmm. you can't smell a bubbling sound you can hear this bubbling sound yeah and smell like uh smells like blood i was like there with you i got it i'm glad while this is going on this Mm. is a counselor move i'm doing i'm looking him in the eyes and i'm squishing his face because i'm down with him remember Mm -hmm. squishing his face and i go breathe and then i start doing deep breaths with him staring him in the face very Uh, aggressively because that's aggressive to dogs but i'm (laughs) staring him in the face and breathing and eventually that that the bubbling sound and the the smell of blood dissipate Mm -hmm. and um gilaki like stands up from his side and i think she was speaking something as Mm -hmm. as this was happening would i recognize this as a spell or Uh, magic it is definitely a spell it is for sure a spell so you can ask one question about it if you want is this good magic or bad magic because i don't think i'd let it go on if it if i recognized it as like bad it is healing magic okay i'll Um, accept that okay i would say if you are looking for an alignment it is true neutral. Okay. Healing magic. Which is what I feel like healing magic should be. Or chaotic neutral, maybe. No, not chaotic. I wouldn't have allowed a spell that could backfire on him. Uh, I don't think that's what I mean by chaotic. I think chaotic is more... I don't know. I like the torchbearer definition of lawful, neutral, and chaotic. Mm-hmm. I like the their linear. Like, chaotic is just free and does what it wants and okay. um, i don't necessarily think it's it's a backfire thing okay. i just think it is not lawful that's fair but uh gilaki stands up and she goes uh he is fine and uh omen has like he stopped his deep breathing and he looks down at his leg and his clothes like his pant leg is in tatters and burned along the edges but his leg is no longer burnt or bleeding. It is just, like, bare and hairless. Okay. Um, 
and there's like some light scarring, mm-hmm. but not terribly. Okay. Uh, and he kind of like takes a deep breath in and he goes, I think he just like shakes his head and he doesn't look happy, but he also doesn't look like he's in pain anymore. Okay. And he's uh, like rests his head from your hands mm-hmm. and kind of stands up and like stretches his leg and goes, okay. I look at him and I go, you're gonna have to tell me about that one day. But right now we're going to the Tower of Averius. And I think that's where we are going to let off. I think we ran a little over. Actually, we'll probably be fine with editing once that cuts down on some of my long moments of silence. And mine as well, yeah. We want to give a special thanks to Zach B., our editor, without whom this show would not get made. But, like, I don't think you guys quite understand how much editing he does. So, really, really, thank you, Zach B. So much. Uh, we want to thank In Love with the Ghost for the use of their song Chilling at Nemo's Place off of the album Healing. It is perfect fall weather and you should be listening to it. Uh, if you like us, please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It's really important that you leave us a review. It helps other people to find us and it makes us feel good. We haven't gotten a re- review in a little while, so if you haven't left us a review yet, please hop on and leave us one. It is really important. Don't be bad fans. Don't be, be good good be good fans. Yes, help us out. And there's no such thing as a bad fan, Diana. We appreciate all of our Being fans. an appreciative fan, not an unappreciative fan. <laughs> We, it, it means a lot to us when you guys leave us a review. <laughs> uh, it also means a lot to us when you hit us up on Twitter. Oh, gosh, yeah. We are on Twitter at HeartPointsPod. Uh, it means a lot to us. Please, uh, if you like the show, if you like this episode, if you like Corpse Town and Seguranza and the Knolls therein, please uh, let us know on Twitter at HeartPointsPod. Uh, if you do, we will mention you on the show, like some people, including uh, John Lemick of at Run a Game. Uh, Benjamin Gildas at Benjamin Wallace, Chimericast at Chimericast, Chimera A-E-R-A, uh, which I want to give a special shout out, not only as uh, another podcast, but they recommended it to me, a Dungeon Synth uh, album and Dungeon Synth, what's the word I'm looking for? Label. The name of which I've forgotten on Bandcamp, but I'll probably be <laughs> tweeting about it because I've been listening to it nonstop this week. I had a rough week this week and... Uh, Understatement some, of the year, yeah, really. Dark Dungeon Synth uh, has really helped me get through it. So thank you to... Oh, and also, sorry, Heartbeats Podcast at Heartbeats, Heartbeats Cast. So yes, please hit us up on Twitter. Also want to say... Uh, Last week, I think, was our first episode on the Pod of Love podcast that we were guesting. I think we're going to be a two-parter on Pod of Love. Uh, So you can listen to us play Fog of Love with uh, Ben and Mel. Check that out. You can also listen to Diana and I play Jeff Stormer's Mission Accomplished on the PDP-10 podcast. I was wrong last week. I said it was the Refugees of Esmeralda feed. It is not. We are playing in the world of Refugees of Esmeralda, but it is the PDP-10 podcast. We play Mission Accomplished with uh, Ben and Mel of Pod of Love, as well as Blaine Martin of Refugees of Esmeralda. It was so fun. We really hope you guys enjoy that game because it was it was really just like a ton of fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun playing it, uh, and uh, it's very funny. It's currently, I think, still in Kickstarter, so you should go and check that out. Uh, last plug, we will be at PAX Unplugged doing a panel on Sunday. Fancy! On two-player RPGs with uh, largely that same group of people. So uh, please 
let us know if you're going to PAX Unplugged. We want to hang out with people and we want to game with people. We're going to be there all weekend and we're super excited. Honestly, I don't get very excited for conventions because I don't do great in large crowds of people, but I'm super excited for PAX Unplugged. I'm very, very excited. I'm excited to have you there this year. You didn't go to Unplugged last year. Because I don't do well in large groups of people. We did fine at East. Did we? No, we didn't. No, there were several times where you were like, Diana, you need to stop talking now. So if you... (laughs) No, well, (laughs) yes. I get a little aggressive in large crowds of people. A little aggressive. I get a little Um, aggressive. If you want to come and say hi to us, I'm sure Diana would appreciate the positivity. I Uh, (laughs) absolutely would. I won't be aggressive, I promise. We'll help help us manage the, the large crowds. Thank you very much for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope to see you again next week. And in the meantime, have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. Even if you're having a bad week, I still hope you're having a good day.